Welcome to the Tideline Talks podcast, where we discuss all things related to sports medicine, health and wellness. We dispel common myths and misconceptions regarding healthcare, and we do it in a way that's easy to understand. It's hosted by yours truly, Dr. Michael Scalfani, founder of Tideline Sports Performance and Rehabilitation. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Tideline Talks podcast. This is your host, Dr. Michael Scalfani, and today I'm joined by John Simos, who is a master trainer and owner of Greek Triangle. So thanks so much, John, for hopping aboard the podcast with us and donating some of your time today. Thank you, Dr. Michael. I appreciate being here today. Awesome. So, John, let's back up a little bit. Tell us a little bit about you. So where are you originally from? I was born in Sarasota. Uh, my family is Greek American, so my dad is from a small village in Greece called Ismia, and then my mom is from California, but she happens to be Greek American as well. Uh, so I grew up here in Sarasota and have watched it change so much over the years. Perfect, perfect. And then um, you had said that you had uh, you have some travel experience as well within the country. I think you had mentioned that an ex-girlfriend of yours uh, had a bunch of travel contracts as a nurse. Tell us a little bit about where you've been and, and where you've lived outside of Sarasota before boomeranging back to this area. Definitely, definitely. So um, my previous relationship, uh, she was a travel nurse. So we lived in uh, Los Angeles, uh, Austin, Texas, and San Diego. And uh, we took a lot of road trips all through California, around Texas, uh, across the country. Um, and I realized that there's a right way and a wrong way to take road trips. So uh, I also realized that uh, road trips can change your life. They're so beneficial. Uh, one road trip can, you know, strengthen relationships with loved ones. Or if you're taking it on your own, you have self-development, self-reflection. Uh, it just changes you. And so um, the immense benefits uh, a lot of people don't get because they, uh, they feel intimidated by road trips. They don't know how to take road trips or they take them the wrong way. Um, so I saw the need for a resource brand. So I wanted to create a, uh, a brand so I wrote a first book called How to Road Trip America, a modern guide for your epic American adventures. Uh, it's the how-to. So it's the how to take road trips, how to pack, how to plan, uh, systemize it, I simplified it, provided rules and guidelines. Um, so that brand will be the book series, clothing, route planning, uh, customized route planning, uh, decals, anything road trip related, gives me a platform to sell products. So I'm slowly putting that brand together. Perfect, and then, um when did you make your way back to the Sarasota area then? Um, after traveling for about a year and a half, uh, we were in, started in LA for about, I believe, four months, three or four months. Uh, Austin, Texas for, I think, three months, if I remember. Then San Diego for nine months. Across uh, the country a couple of times. Uh, so then back to Sarasota about five, four or five years ago. Perfect. And uh, since then, uh, a lot has changed. Yeah. So what did you do once you boomeranged back to Sarasota? Um, did you, is that when you started your career in the fitness industry? Or tell us about what you did once you landed back in Sarasota. Absolutely. So uh, growing up, I was always active. And um, I had a lot of experience over the years trying different sports, uh, working out. I would go on these long runs when I was like 12 or 13 or 14 across the city. I would just run as far as I could. And I'd walk back in the summer heat, be gone for like six hours. So I've always been active. Um, but I started pursuing the credentials when I was in uh, San Diego. I figured uh, it's about time. I should have done this, you know, 10 years before. Um, I had always had a passion for fitness, but I just kept putting it off, putting it off. Uh, so I, I decided finally it's time. So I got my CPT 
Uh, I started shadowing trainers at a crunch in Del Mar, California. Premium crunch, two floors, very nice. Uh, they allowed me opportunity to start working there, took on some clients, uh, got my next certification, the CAFS certification in applied functional science from the Gray Institute. Um, and then about that time, uh, or shortly after, moved back to Florida, started training clients on my own out of GrindFit. Uh, then pursued more credentials, started working at Orange Theory. I got the group specialization, the certification for Orange Theory. Uh, tried Camp Gladiator about the same time, got that uh, certification, and really got experience in a group environment. Um, then from there, left Camp Gladiator and began working at a functional facility called Live Training Center in Palmetto. Got a lot of group training and fun functional training experience there. Um, before quarantine happened, and then I didn't go back, and I gave Orange Theory, uh, went, went full-time with Orange Theory after that. Very cool. And then, so, um, when did you splinter off from group training into more uh, personal training, one-on-one, -on -one, um, like you have been doing more recently? So, when did that happen? I uh, then began to take on more clients and pursue more credentials. Uh, so, the story behind that, uh, to tell you really quickly, I started lifting when I was 16, and I learned the hard way. And so, I didn't know anything about how to lift. I just, you know, took some information from high school, you know, lifting, uh, friends, random people at the gym, I'd be like, excuse me, you know, what was that? How do you do that? What is that for? I'd Google everything that I could at that time, but at that time there were limited resources. Right. So um, things were conflicting. I, I tried to become the best athlete that I could within that, you know, uh, domain. But um, anyways, I started getting imbalances. So I had upper cross syndrome, lower cross syndrome, Iliotibial band syndrome, plantar fasciitis, not all at once, but you know, over the years I'd have one, then another, uh, became quad dominant. I even slightly tore my hamstring, so I was so quad dominant when I was doing sprints in high school. I even had a giant bruise on the back where the blood was draining from the torn fibers, um, all kinds of uh, injuries. And so I wanted to fix myself. And I couldn't afford a personal trainer to do things right. I couldn't afford a physical therapist. So, um, you know, years later, I started pursuing the credentials. And so I found a passion for teaching people how to work out, empowering them with fitness education so they didn't have to go through what I went through. Because I went through so many injuries, you know, pain. I felt like, a, like an older person that had been through a lot uh, when I was like 18, 19, 20, just because of the imbalances and the issues. So um, finally started correcting myself, found that passion. Uh, group fitness, personal training, and uh, then I slowly transitioned out recently, as we talked about, uh, changed industries temporarily, but um, I'm still pursuing credentials, getting as many credentials as I can to apply for my next venture. Perfect. So then now that you've changed gears a little bit, tell us a little bit about Greek Triangles, because mm -hmm. I think that's that's a really great local venture at the farmer's market. I'm not going to take too much away from that, but I think it's, it'll be really cool to share a little bit more about, you know, the man behind Greek Triangles. So tell us a little bit um, now that you've sort of temporarily uh, focused less on the fitness industry and more on the food industry. Tell us a little bit more about Greek Triangles, what it's about, how it came about, things like that. Thank you. So uh, my father is from Greece. 
So a small village called Ismia. Uh, back in the day, it would have been under like Spartan control, Southern Peninsula. Uh, small village, uh, beautiful place though. So um, he makes a great version of Spadacopita that is unique from other versions, especially American versions, where it's a large triangular version. So it's basically a meal and uh, it's got more ingredients, spinach, onions, leeks, dill, feta, salt, pepper, olive oil. Um, well, actually butter, but I tweaked it a little to be healthier. So I put olive oil instead, lighter version. Um, but it began in 2020 with quarantine. I was laid off from the fitness industry, uh, laid off from live training center, laid off from Orange Theory. They, they were forced to let, let us all go uh, temporarily. And then the plan was to rehire us. So um, I wasn't making any income and uh, unemployment wasn't kicking in. And so I uh, <laughs> was running a little low. So I realized that was the perfect time to kick off this venture. So I tried to get the recipe, worked with my, my dad, finally got the recipe down, created the website on Wix, put it all together and just uh, announced it on social media. And gratefully, the Orange Theory community was amazing. They ordered a lot, first couple of weeks, every week I had orders. Uh, they truly supported me. And uh, it slowly blossomed into what it is now, where the first market was last November, Lakewood Ranch Farmers Market. Um, I am grateful they gave me the opportunity initially. So first market, it'll be a year as of mid-November. Um, then I started downtown Sarasota January last year. And uh, now I am going to be in uh, multiple markets. Very which cool. Which I'll explain later. Let's, let's back up a little bit. So tell us a little bit more about what the product is. I, obviously it's a triangular basically a triangular hot pocket, right? Uh, tell us a little bit about, is it designed to be a snack, a entree? Um, give us a little bit uh, more detail about what, what each triangle is for somebody that may not be familiar with Greek food. All right, so um, spanakopita is, uh, is Greek food. It's uh, called a spinach pie, so it's phyllo dough uh, with the filling of uh, spinach, feta. Uh, in America, the bar is set very low where you often see very thin layer of some spinach and feta, and, and that's it. But more of the Greek version is more greens, more filling inside. So it's uh, more of the Greek version, uh, but I tweaked it to be healthier, and it is meant to be a meal. So uh, I am also branding it as a healthy meal on the go, uh, relatively healthy, you know, depending on dietary needs. The uh, only debatable ingredients are, you know, the phyllo and the feta. Everything else is just vegetables and a little egg. So uh, I brand it as a healthy triangle as well. So I got the trademark for healthy triangle and Greek triangle um, to kind of go both ways, traditional route and, and healthy, active lifestyle food. So um, it is a meal, but I do offer smaller sizes for catering uh, or cafes, business to business. Um, but, uh, but yeah, different sizes are available, but at the market, it'll be full size. Great. So is this a handheld item like a like a, I keep saying hot pocket, but <laughs> I feel like that's like the the best version of like the Americanized version. Right. Oh, yeah. Where it's like, is it meant to be something that's handheld that you can just kind of grab on the go and like walk through the farmer's market and enjoy? Or is it meant to be something where you order it, you sit down and then you enjoy it at the table? That's a good question. Uh, you actually hit it right on uh, with calling it a hot pocket because Essentially, it's a handheld uh, food. I refer to it as, uh, jokingly, I'll be like, oh, it's like a Greek burrito. Oh, and perfect. I, <laughs> yeah, so you just pick it up and go. Perfect. Um, yeah, very efficient and uh, very filling, and you don't feel heavy. You feel nice and light afterwards. Sure. So, yeah, great food on the go.
That's great. So then now you're expanding from the Lakewood Ranch Farmer's Market that is in Waterside now to Sarasota, Bradenton, and some locations further south. So now you're having to expand your team too. So how has that been? Because now I think, you know, it seems like the entrepreneurial spirit came from the time of the pandemic, right? It's almost like uh, under the greatest pressure rises the greatest entrepreneurs, right? And so now that you founded Greek Triangles out of the pandemic and that entrepreneurial spirit, the kind of the next level for your business was scaling past yourself. So how has that been? Tell us a little bit about that. It has been an experience. Um, I've also been trying to add more products. So uh, part of the brand is not only pursuing uh, in pursue, pursuing the world's best spotacopita, trying to create the world's best spotacopita, and I define best by uh, balance. So not just how it tastes, but how it makes you feel. So uh, healthy, tasty, um, you know, is it filling? So I define perfect as, you know, you feel content and good after you eat it while enjoying it in the process. Um, so we're pursuing making the best spotacopita, but also creative variations that I've never been done before. So. I don't understand why in Greece they never made like a ham and cheese or, you know, ground <laughs> beef. Um, but they're so good with a little ham in there, added cheddar or a little ground beef or chicken. So I have creative variations that I've given creative names. Uh, for example, ham and cheese I call uh, the American in Athens because ham and cheese is an American <laughs> thing. Uh, the vegan one uh, I call uh, Greek gone vegan because, you know, not a lot of vegan people in Greece. Yeah. Uh, and then the traditional I call Yaya's classic because uh, Yaya is grandmother in Greek. So uh, creative variations. Uh, then with growing, my biggest bottleneck was hiring. Never hired before. Uh, so I just hired two people uh, because we're going to be in Bradenton on Saturdays, Sarasota Saturdays, Venice on Saturdays, and Punta Gorda on Saturdays on the 29th Damn. of this month. So uh, two people... Actually, I have to hire a third uh, as soon as possible. So I have a few people I'm training this weekend. Um, it's been an experience, but I've systemized it, as we had talked about the importance of systemizing. Mm-hmm. So everything should be smooth. That's great. That's great. So that's the plan then is to continue to scale that business. And then, well, tell us after eating all of this, you got to experiment, eat your own mm-hmm. triangles, right? How do you stay in shape then? So tell us a little about your own personal um, uh, athletic training now that you do uh that's not part of your career but just your own personal athletic resume what do you do personally to stay in shape stay active when you're not cooking and you're not working on the business absolutely um so the way i train uh the way i've always trained is a cross training style a hybrid training style but it's my own type of training uh which actually plays into the fitness venture which is kind of on hold for now uh but that's the reason why i'm continuing education so um i simplified and uh, systemized where I'm very busy. I don't have a lot of time, but I want to maintain uh, peak a- athletic shape. So um, it's a push-pull split where I'll do um, an undulating uh, rep scheme, where, but it's different weeks. So week one would be high reps within that push and pull where Monday, let's say I'd alternate these days, but let's just say for an example, Monday would be my push day. So horizontal push, so chest, vertical push, so shoulders, elbow extensions or triceps, uh, maybe I might throw in some legs as well. Uh, Tuesday would be my pull day with high reps. So horizontal pull, vertical pull, so lats, back, biceps. Um, I'll throw in some core on one of those days as well. 
Uh, Wednesday would be legs. So I'd focus just on legs, uh, hip dominant, knee dominant, everything. And then uh, Thursday would be a recovery, mobility day. Friday would be, I'd bring it all together, a full body conditioning day. So I'd change it up and do like rounds, uh, not quite like CrossFit, more like, uh, you know, a set of RDL, dumbbell chest press, dumbbell low row, back to back, maybe two rounds, maybe three rounds, then the next group of exercises, or sometimes just in a row, um, I guess vertical loading or horizontal loading. Um, so that's it, four days a week. An hour, four days a week, start off the workout by uh, really good mobility, flexibility, um, not stretching, but dynamic exercises, bird dog, uh, foam rolling prior to that, uh, hip flexor stretch, you know, some basics to get you going, 10 minutes, jump into the workout, 40, 45 minutes, stretching after, within an hour you're done, uh, sprinkle in some cardio, so one day speed work, one day intervals, uh, and one day uh, steady state to build that work capacity, that endurance. So uh, literally one hour, four to five times a week to stay in like peak shape. Wow. Where are you doing this all? Is this all outside? Is this at a gym? Tell us about where you're able to, to do everything that you just mentioned. Mostly at um, Prime Strength, which is the new version of GrindFit. There used to be a gym called GrindFit, uh, which was amazing. That closed and uh, one of the trainers, Nate, uh, started his own, which is an amazing little gym off Siesta Key Drive called Prime Strength, 24-hour gym. You get a fob, go there anytime you want. He's got all specialty equipment. It is really a nice gym. It's like your own place. Perfect. Is it like, uh, tell us all about it. Is it, um, uh, does it have platforms and bumper plates that you can just drop weights down or is it more of like a commercial style studio gym where it's meant to be, you know, more of a, a bench and dumbbells and just very more of like a commercial LA fitness style or is it more of a functional studio? Definitely more of a functional studio uh, specializes for everyone. So you, if you're a bodybuilder, he's got a career for you. Power lifter, there's a lot of power lifters that go there. He's got everything you need. Uh, crossfitters, uh, it really caters to everyone. He's got, Perfect. you know, weighted vests, uh, special bars, uh, powerlifting bars, uh, literally everything in this small space. And uh, even an air runner and uh, bikes. Yeah, I can't think of anything he doesn't have. That's great. And so um, once Greek Triangles gets to a certain point, the next venture will be to reestablish the fitness connection, right? So tell us a little bit about uh, what's in the works for that. What can what can we expect to come from you with the uh, revitalization of your fitness journey and your fitness career as well? The um, the plan is is to scale Greek Triangle, systemize it. Uh, once I can scale it, get more business to business, um, then I can hire people and slowly step out to focus on the fitness venture. The fitness venture, I do have a book I'm working on uh, that simplifies working out. And um, then that'll be the foundation kind of like for the road trip brand. So Tell us a little bit about the book. What's, uh, what's, what's in the book? You said simplifying working out. Is this like a beginner's how-to? Yes. Is it geared for somebody that's never worked out that's interested in, in strength training or cardio or tell us a little about what's going into that book. So um, it's uh, kind of the same um, reason where with the road trip brand, I saw that people didn't know how to take road trips. With being in the fitness industry, I see uh, there's such a big gap between those who uh, want to work out or don't really know, you know, kind of scratching the surface, trying to figure out how to begin and then group fitness or, you know, those who are in it. 
So um, a lot of people feel intimidated uh, or they jump into group fitness with no prior knowledge. They don't know fundamental movement patterns. And so then they get injuries um, because they need to get the fundamentals, the prerequisites down before they get into group fitness. Because most group fitness facilities don't train you uh, on those fundamentals prior. Um, they try, but you know, you really need one-on-one -on -one personal training for that. So um, the book is to simplify uh, the uh, working out because also people have a bodybuilding mentality and a lot of misconceptions. So simplifying it, you know, they can work out push-pull or full body to get started, making it easy, making it efficient to fit their lifestyle, to build that uh, fitness foundation. I'm all about building a fitness foundation, maximizing movements, and then they can specialize from there uh, within their lifestyle. So um, my point is that the book will have simplifying, it'll have rules and guidelines, it'll have uh, fighting misconceptions, uh, just basics. So it'll be for everyone. So even uh, an advanced person can gain knowledge from it, uh, but it'll be more geared towards those who are new to fitness. That's great. I think there is a lot of, um, I guess the best way to describe it is like a barrier to entry, right? To working yes. out. A lot of people do feel intimidated. Maybe they feel um, either they don't know what they're doing. Maybe they feel a little embarrassed that they don't know how to do it. Maybe they feel um, that they're not good enough to hop into and Orange Theory, F45, CrossFit, whatever boot camp uh, or group training. And so they just feel like they have this this barrier to entry. So it sounds like your main objective with the book is to help to eliminate or reduce that barrier to entry into that arena. Yes. And uh, I know I can't teach someone fundamental movement patterns from a book, uh, but it'll be the first step. And then the brand would be uh, courses online, educational courses tied with training. I know I still can't quite teach someone fundamental movement patterns, but at least that'll be the second step. Third step would actually be a gym chain that focuses on education and helping people bridge that gap uh, and incorporate a um, healthy and efficient uh, training routine within their lifestyle. Because the biggest problem is time. Most people have a problem with time. And so they jump into something they're not ready for or they don't think they have time to jump into something they're ready for. But everyone has time. Once they learn, it doesn't take that much time. So that's the goal. That's that's the goal. The, the to get everyone into a healthy lifestyle that fits their lifestyle. If that makes sense. That's perfect. No, that's great. I think that'll be a really good resource for people who have that those hesitations and limitations as well. Um, what just out of curiosity, what do you prefer in terms of uh, the we see in our practice? We see a lot of individual athletes who either work out that have remote programming from a coach or they just make their own program. We also see a lot of group fitness athletes as well. You have experience in both sectors. What do you like? I mean, I, I wanted to kind of open up the discussion about uh, kind of group fitness, not versus, but group fitness in comparison to individual workouts. So what is, what is your philosophy and what are your just thoughts on that? That's a good question. Uh, I feel like both are necessary because it is about one's individual fitness journey and the progress, you know, it's, uh, it's you versus you and slowly overcoming the, uh, you know, imbalance or mobility issue, uh, progressing, being able to apply things functionally uh, where you couldn't prior. So uh, there's so much beauty in one's personal journey. Uh, and you can still get that in a group training environment, but it has to be the right facility. Uh, but then on the other hand, with the group training environment, it's about the camaraderie, the community, and that's so important too, the social aspect. It's, it's huge. So yeah. I feel like uh, someone should have both, where they have time 
training and zoning out and getting into that uh, that you know flow on their own, and then time to jump in with the group. Uh, so for that, I recommend you know maybe a couple days on their own, uh, lifting or or running just to focus on them. Because a nice long run, for example, you can zone out, really clear your mind, really think about things. So it's important to have that time to yourself right. uh, with training. It's it really is an escape. And then on the other hand, uh, the group training, they need both. So I'd say group training once a week or twice a week, lifting once a week or twice a week, that balance. Yeah, and I think you hit it right on the head too because I think, like, I love group fitness and there's nothing better. I mean, you've been part of many group fitness gyms as well, right? There really is nothing better than the community. I mean, look at how well the Orange Theory community supported Greek triangles. I mean, that is, without that platform, right, that would have been a very tough barrier to entry for Greek triangles. But you were able to, you know, kind of build something that the community was able to help support. And I think that that's hard to do on your own. I'm not saying that it's not there, right? But there is something to be said about, you know, that group fitness kind of, we are social creatures, right? We're we're pack animals, right? And so the ability to connect with people to, um, I think to help to eliminate some of the barriers to entry that you're going to probably be talking about in your book, especially some of those um, emotional barriers to entry, right? In terms of embarrassment or, you know, maybe imposter syndrome, things like that. Now with group fitness, it's such a great way to meet people. I mean, my wife and I moved here two years ago. We didn't know a single soul. Oh, wow. And so it was very difficult, you know, as an adult to meet friends and to just become part of the community and things like that. And we were very fortunate that through different group fitness uh, programs that we've been a part of, that we've been able to meet other people and kind of build our our social circle too. And I think, um, you know, more recently I've had some health issues where I can't do, I used to do CrossFit full time. I've had some health issues that now I can't tolerate CrossFit workouts. So I'm doing more uh, individual commercial gym, LA fitness style workouts. And at first I was like, oh, this is just a nice break just from, you know, the, uh, the music, the intensity and just kind of just almost like a, uh, like an adrenal break and just sort of like a, uh, just an intensity break. But then, you know, after probably like two weeks, you start to go through withdrawal and you're like, man, I am literally in LA fitness (laughs) by myself, like just me and my music. And it's like, man, you miss that camaraderie. And it's like. I think you hit it right where I think there is a balance and I think it's really, and this is not a knock on group fitness, but I think it is really hard to program for the general population that's going to hit every single facet of somebody's fitness journey. And I think it's just just tough. And I think there are so many gyms that we work with to do such a really good job. We work with really great CrossFit gyms. We work with Orange Theory gyms, F45 gyms, bootcamp gyms. A lot of them have really great group training um, fundamentals that really help them. But I think you're right. I think it's really hard. You kind of hit like 85-ish percent of somebody's overall fitness um, milestones and what they need, their pillars. But I think that last like 10 to 15 percent has to be individualized. And I think that that's where a lot of... A lot of group fitness gyms offer that one-on-one coaching as well. And I think to your point, I think it's, you know, I wish more people would take advantage of that. We have a lot of, you know, people like yourself who are really smart personal trainers, really smart coaches that can help to individualize things, right? To kind of say, hey, you know, you've mastered a lot of 
maybe they're an Orange Theory athlete. Like you've mastered running, got really good form in the weight room, but you know, for your individual needs, maybe there's just a couple things that maybe we want to work on once a week, once every other week, just some things just to kind of help fill in those gaps. And I think, you know, to your point, I think you've got a blend of both. So I think that's what's going to make your fitness business so successful is because you're able to see the big picture with the group fitness, but then also the individualization that's needed for one-on-one training, one-on-one coaching, things like that. Absolutely. That's a, you said it perfectly. Uh, I feel like everyone needs to have that personalized to uh, correct or improve on. And then the group training for either the conditioning side and social aspect and all of that. Uh, and then also your side, the rehabilitation or preventative uh, as well. So they literally need all, all three mm-hmm. for sure. Because if they're lacking one, you know, the preventative and someone ignores uh, something that's nagging or they dismiss it as old age, which, you know, nine out of 10 times, like that's not, <laughs> I mean, 10 out of 10 times, old age isn't, isn't, it's not that. It's not getting older. It's just not correcting in balance. And then it wears their hip out or, you know, joints, having that uh, out of alignment joint, you know, it causes issues long term. Mm-hmm. So um, addressing things, if they have a pain, coming to see you, you know, getting that fixed instead of just dragging things out. Right. And I think sure. that's that's where I think um, when people come to see us, a lot of times those are some concepts that we talk about that, hey, you belong to an amazing gym and the coaches and the programming is awesome. Just for your particular body, we just needed to just kind of um, augment and just to kind of support your movement patterns with just a couple different things. And this is kind of what led to pain, discomfort, inefficient mechanics, et cetera, right? That we that we work on here in our practice. And speaking of that, not to interrupt, but you just, uh, I feel like I need to share that. So Please. before this podcast, uh, I came and I was talking to Dr. Michael and he's like, do you have anything that bothers you? And uh, I, I've corrected most things, but I have this nagging hip uh, feeling N- nagging hip not a pain but it's like an ache and I haven't been able to fix it and uh, in like two seconds Dr. Michael's like he does an assessment and he's like oh um, your lack of internal rotation is because of a preventative uh, tightness your nervous system protecting it uh, he's like we can do dry needling and I can I can fix this and so what I've struggled with my entire life and what I've seeked out professional help for and no one has been able to pinpoint he pinpoints in like two minutes, does the dry needling, which was an experience. Uh, <laughs> and now my hip actually feels much better and I actually have the mobility. And now I can, you know, train 100%. So not, I, I learned so much today and he fixed something I've been struggling with. So definitely come see him. Isn't that cool? And <laughs> I mean, amazing. so if you're okay with me sharing just a little bit more, definitely. basically the you were getting some restriction in kind of the front outside part of your hip right where people think of their TFL hip flexor area. And I think what happened was given your history of plantar fasciitis, which can limit your ankle mobility, you had changed your movement patterns to allow for a more hip dominant based squat, requiring a deeper amount of hip flexion and hip mobility that then caused this protective spasm and this protective shortening around the back of your hip. Once then your plantar fasciitis and your ankle mobility improved, that self-protect mechanism in the right side of your hip was still present. So then now that was just kind of giving you that nagging tweakiness all the time when you were squatting. So all we had to do was just address the musculature that was still in that self-protect mode. And then once we do that, it just frees up the hip. And I, you know, I don't mean to laugh, but you were like, oh man, I'm so afraid it's arthritis. And I'm like, John, 
You're a young, healthy, you've got Mediterranean blood like me. Like, we're going to live forever and just walk the mountains forever, right? And no, and it was, there's no arthritis. It just was literally just a self-protect mechanism. And then once you had already done like 90% of the work on your own, which was awesome. And then just to get you that last 10% over the finish line is just all we needed. So what did you think of the dry kneeling? Because that is newer for the state of Florida. So Uh a lot of our listeners are probably pretty familiar with it, but there are still some people that they hear the term dry needling and they automatically think of tattoos, cortisone injections, steroid epidurals, things like that. So it was a very different experience, but tell us a little bit about what the sensation was like. Yes, uh, so I, I laid down. Um, I don't like needles. I know I said that out of my mind, <laughs> but I really don't like needles. Um, and so he took the needles, they're very thin. And uh, to be honest, it didn't really hurt bad at all. Like it wasn't like getting a shot at the doctor. It was very, it just felt like a little pinch. And I was surprised how, how it doesn't really hurt. And um, it had a similar sensation to when I'm foam rolling, trying to get a muscle to relax, uh, how it intensifies a little in regards to like muscle discomfort and uh, kind of quivers a little bit. And that's about it. It was pretty simple. I, I don't believe how, uh, how easy that was to fix. Right. Yes. It's, pretty, it's pretty painless. I wish we had, and this is, I'm on my soapbox all the time, I wish we had a different term than dry needling, like at least acupuncture, which is a totally different modality, different intervention. At least acupuncture doesn't have the word needle in it, right? People are so much more comfortable with the term acupuncture. And then I say dry needling. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's pump the brakes here on this. But, uh, but yeah, that's, I'm glad you had a great experience with that, John. So that's great. And I do see the, the need for it. Prior, I didn't really see much need for it. I was like, oh, you know, that's cool, but I could just like foam roll or take a medicine, uh, a lacrosse ball and get in there uh, and I would try and I would try and I would try and I try but I couldn't quite get that spot and now I see dry needling is a much more effective way because you just can really pinpoint and really get in there and force the muscle to relax instead of trying to make it happen with a lacrosse ball which is perfect and you know dry needling is not the only thing that we do here at Tideline it's a it's a intervention that allows us to open the door and then we then would lead somebody through the door and help to correct for any mechanics help to figure out you know what exactly was irritating that particular area what movement patterns can we help to uh, correct for and help to improve and things like that but it is a pretty cool experience oh, too yes. so well john i really appreciate you sharing your story where can people learn more about you how can people get in touch with you give us a, some of your plugs that people can can follow all right um i do have a uh, main website johncmos.com where it's j-o-n-s-i-m-o-s.com kind of the home base for the ventures as i share the journey trying to launch striving to launch each one and um, Instagram is at John Simos, J-O-N-S-I-M-O-S. And I have an athletic one, uh, but you can access all of those from uh, the website. Perfect. And we'll put those uh, links and plugs in the podcast episode description as well. So. Awesome. But thank you so much, John. I really appreciate your time coming into the clinic, uh, getting a chance to talk with me and sharing your, your whole journey and your everything about Greek triangles, your personal fitness journey, and and where your personal business is going as well. So thanks again for your time, John. Thank you, Dr. Michael. I appreciate it. Hey, real quick, before you go, I just want to say thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share with others by taking a screenshot of this episode and posting it to your story on Instagram and tagging at Tideline Sports Performance so we can repost it. 
And to stay up on all the latest from us, make sure you follow at Tideline Sports Performance on Instagram and Facebook. And of course, make sure you like and subscribe to this podcast. All right, guys, catch you next episode.